Welcome to Nice Minds, everybody. I am your host, Brandon McCollum, also known as BMXC. I am joined by a friend of mine, Miles Graves. What's good, my dude? What's shaking, my man? How you doing? How are things? I am doing fantastic, man. I mean, considering this uh, this crazy, crazy year, man, it's just been a been a roller coaster. Absolutely. So, uh, why don't you give uh, the people a little background on who you are and what you do, and you know what you you know your background in music, how you got started. Um, I mean, I know you're a rapper, um, and then how it progressed over time. Yeah, uh, my name is Miles Graves. Uh, the company I own or run is the Miles Graves Company. Um, <clears throat> essentially, what I do current day is I run an artist empowerment firm. I teach people who are interested in turning their music into money or into a full-time career. Some people want to be superstars. Some people just want to pay their bills with music and not have to get a nine to five. That's what I'm about. Um, you know, as far as how I got started in the business, um, yeah, like you said, I started as me being uh, a lyricist. You know, I was listening to hip hop. Hip hop wasn't my first genre, and that's a lot of uh, that's something a lot of people don't know. Is like, oh wow, I, was listening to I didn't know rock. that at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I was listening to rock, but basically up until I was like 12 years old, so that was like a fresh new experience for me. And so I started off writing music because I fell in love with that genre of music, and then it started off as more of like a necessity. Like, okay, I have, I can write, I can write lyrics now. Like, how do I make a song or how do I make a beat? And then I started off with like, you know, learning how to produce on Mixcraft 5, you know, and like all oh, that, yeah. that type of stuff um, all the way up until now. You know, it, it really just came out of out of need. Um, you know, how do I make a song uh, as far as like the beat, and the lyrics? OK, got that. How do I make it sound good? How do I make it sound like the stuff that's on the radio? OK, cool. Next step. How do I get it as popular as the stuff that's on the radio? Yeah. And then the last step that everybody's really stuck on is how do I turn that into money so that I can make money like the people that are as popular as they are on the radio? Yeah. And you're somebody who I've always admired and just your hustle and your ambition and just how much you care about artists and you care about uh, you just care about people in general. And that's something that, you know, I feel you and I have in common and Definitely. something that's that's kind of missing uh in the industry um so uh as far as what Miles Graves company is I know you manage artists as well how many artists are you managing right now are you are you still managing artists uh as of right now no I'm, I've kind of shifted a little bit um and doing things more related to sync things more related to um you know trying to find innovative ways to market you know um, I, I know we haven't really spoken in depth uh, in a while on the matter, but um, as an example, I am a thorough believer in no Spotify playlists and no social media. Um, the whole reason being is it's a it's a here today, gone tomorrow type of thing. I don't I, I'm looking for lasting ways to make impressions with people, I'm trying to really get into the psychology of a music listener. And especially like where they live, you know, we used to talk about zip code, stuff like that. You know, mm -hmm. now now I'm actually turning that into another website called Listener List where people can go subscribe and they can get access to every single zip code of every single state. And it breaks down exactly what type of music and lifestyle these people kind of immerse themselves in. So you can know exactly where your money's being spent, whether it's a Facebook ad, a billboard, uh, uh, gas pumps, postcards, whatever it is you want to wow. do to kind of advertise. Um, that's kind of where my focus is now because I realized that you know, it was it was really COVID that made that shift happen because, you know, social media still has to be accompanied by what I call like an omnipresence. You still have to either be out in your local community if you use, choose to use like a local network thing like Facebook, or if you're trying to be worldwide, you got to be 
got to be out and about. You got to be doing things. You got to be interacting. You got to have shows. You got to have some sort of uh, element to that. You know what I mean? And when COVID kind of brought everything to a grinding halt, it made people have to reevaluate. And now a lot of the calls that I get now are, hey, Miles, how do I get on a Spotify playlist? Or, hey, Miles, how do I go viral on, on social media? Because that's the only two aces in the hole people feel like they have nowadays. Yeah. And I'm trying to shift people's mindsets away from that. You know, like free game I give everybody that, that I want you to know is right before the presidential election this year, how many postcards did you receive from some sort of political candidate that you didn't like submit any uh, any mail address or any sort of like, hey, I want to be put on this mailing list? How many of those did you get? Uh, more than I can count, probably. <laughs> like right. Now, the wild thing is a lot of people go, well, they have my address on a file because I maybe voted for that party before or, you know, something like that, right? Crazy thing is, I found out that's not how they do it. It's literally just a service through the Postal Service or USPS. It's called direct mail. All you have to do is go through their portal online. You choose the zip codes that you want to distribute your postcards to. Then you just drop them off at the post office. They mail them out for you. That's it. Wow. And yep. a lot of people, I mean, obviously, it probably costs money, but a lot, like anybody has access to that sort of thing? Absolutely. Wow. I yeah, that's that's some game that I had no idea. You just blew my mind, dude. So you're uh, so you're saying no social media. Uh, so like are you are you really advocating for artists to just basically jump off of social media and do other things? In a way, yes. I'm going to say this. Like the way social media works now, like it, it, in the beginning stages in the early infancies of these platforms, people would get on them and they would pop off because there weren't that many things on there. And if you had a limited amount of content on there from all the different users, there was a small amount of users, a limited amount of content, and you had the best content, you're going to shoot to the top. That's mm -hmm. easy money. However, now that uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever you want to say, is essentially oversaturated with just content in general. It doesn't matter if it's in your lane, out of your lane, has to do with you, doesn't have to do with you, whatever. It's just this simple fact. Uh, I, I, I put the analogy of a like social media, imagine instead of a worldwide thing, let's just uh, create an analogy and say it's in like a gymnasium. It's like a prom or like some sort of like social mixer, whatever. Now, when you go to this social mixer, the reason you go to that social mixer is to do what? You go there to talk to people you know, to interact, to see what's new, to see what kind of content that's relevant to you, right? Yep. So the minute somebody walks by you and says, oh, hey, Brandon, Brandon, buy my new mixtape, bro. Buy it. I just I just dropped a new music video. Go like go like my page. Be like, dude, shut up. I'm trying to talk to my yeah, friends right now. Yep. And even though it doesn't seem like that subconsciously, you're doing that. Everybody's doing that because they didn't come to those platforms. They know that every three posts on Facebook is going to be an ad, so they already know yeah. to scroll past it. Same thing with Instagram. Same thing with Twitter. Whatever it is. So, what I did realize was this. Here's at least as far as the numbers are concerned, Facebook ads, as an example, um, they have I believe it's a 2 to 7% conversion rate. I'll have to <laughs> check myself on that, but I believe it's a 2 to 7% conversion rate for their ads. So that's basically nothing. That's so, basically nothing. Right. So what I'm learning is that how many times have you seen a musical ad on Facebook or, or just some social platform and you saw it, and even if you went and clicked on that person and even liked their page or went through the whole hullabaloo, that you went back on your own time outside of that platform and you went and looked up their music again? I mean, rarely. Yeah. Right. So on the flip side, 
How many times have you either been like out in public in, in like a grocery store and heard a song or watching a TV show and heard a song or you were just like, or hell, even at a gas pump. Like sometimes I even hear jams at gas pumps sometimes. Yep. Like, and then you go, oh, hey Shazam, what is this? And then you grab it and then because you found, you felt like you discovered it on your own, you add it to your library and you go back and keep listening to it. I'm trying to give people that kind of feeling of discovery. And the only way that I feel like you can do that these days is if you're going to pick one platform, you've got to pick a way that's going to be really, really specific to the audience type that you have. Absolutely. You know, some people that is social media, some people that is mail, some people that's just big old billboards in front of where they live or work every day, you know. Um, but there is no secret like cookie cutter method to success in that is what, what I'm trying to say. But I can say this. Social media is a very, very uphill battle and businesses have to pay $250 to $350 a day on an ad in order to actually pop through and get a reasonable amount of reach and, and link clicks. So it's nuts. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to go back to that because uh, I want to just put you on some game if you're not familiar with this. Did you Please. know that there's now an app that's like Shazam, but you can hum a melody now? What? They're like literally they I, I forgot what it's called. I'll have to look it up again. But Please. you can literally hum a melody and it'll tell you, you know, I'm, I'm sure it'll give you several options, but um Yo. but yeah, huge. You might have just made my entire holiday season. I want you this is gonna be the stupidest story ever, but there was a song I heard like this weird EDM song with with these uh uh Caribbean steel drums in it. It was one of the hardest songs I ever heard in my life. I never found out what the name of the song was. And for, to this day, for the life of me, I can't figure out what the name of the song is or where to find it. But I remember the melody clear as day in my head. So you just made my entire like holiday season if I can find the song, dude. That's Try insane. It. You still remember the melody? Yes, absolutely. Crazy. That's a, that's a dope memory right there. <laughs> Technology is just getting crazier and crazier. And yeah, yeah I mean, I, I've thought about how social media i mean even like when we started our sample pack company this past summer and we're we're trying to get uh reach without paying for ads and stuff yes and just the organic stuff is just dwindling yeah but i have been very adamant about going one by one to like everybody that likes our stuff and like you know reaching out to them or that's just awesome. just a, the one-on-one -on -one connection so that i feel is is never going to go away and that's what i feel is very important for artists to do even yeah. though it's tedious is just pay attention to people that pay attention to you essentially and you know love your fans give back to your fans and um i've been thinking about different ways to um to promote our our stuff without you know spending money like the uh, we're coming out with some sample packs and i reached out to 10 people that I know that cook up with our samples on a regular basis that, you know, yeah. have shown mad love to us, have, have done posts. And I asked them, I said, Hey, we're going to uh, do a sample pack a week for the next 10 weeks. And I was, I was wondering if you could cook up a beat a week, just, just one beat a week. And yep. all 10 of them that I asked said, hell yeah. <laughs> and are going to do that. Beautiful. And so that I feel is like just straight up organic, like going back to the fans. But uh, as far as 2020 goes, what, what have what's what's changed for you this year? What um did anything just hit you like a ton of bricks this year? Like a lot of people, I mean, I had a lot, I had a lot of like life changing experiences this 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 year for sure. Um, uh, I've been to Vegas twice this year. Um, once basically right before the pandemic, and then once during the pandemic. 
And the week after that, we had also driven to Indianapolis for another client. So that was a different situation kind of all over the place. But anyway, what I realized from going to two different places, pandemic or not, here was something I realized. We were, uh, have you ever heard of Red Rock Canyon or you ever been to Red Rock before? I've never been there, but I know where it is. I'm okay. very familiar with it. But anyway, uh, <laughs> strange, strange story. Um, the client that I was with, uh, he was there and myself, uh, obviously both people of color. He's much darker than I am. And we're approaching the, the petroglyphs up against the wall. And there was this tour group and it was like three older white people, it was like two older white women and an older white man. They were probably in their fifties, maybe sixties. And now normally from living in Minnesota so long, my natural assumption is that as soon as we start to get closer to them to see this thing, they're going to kind of shuffle off and like go walk away. Cause they don't, you know, whatever. So, you know, some Minnesota nice stuff, racism whatever. shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but what happened was what was really interesting is instead they turned around and said, oh, hey, guys, how are you? It's so nice. Like, it's nice to see you guys out here. Hey, you know, where are you from? You know, you can really see the petroglyphs from a really great angle over here. And I was like, I was just taken back. I was like, holy people just are like extroverted everywhere else. Yeah. Because I went to Indianapolis and this is this is one of my favorite stories. Uh, we were, you know, obviously weed's pretty super illegal in uh, Indiana. Uh, so, you know, you don't want to get caught with that. So anyway, we were out in the, the parking ramp of our hotel. We're just smoking, whatever. Um, and there's this dude, he's in a, he's in a, is it a Taurus? What do the cops drive? The, the cars? Is oh like yeah. Tor- I think, I think it's like a Taurus or something. Yeah. Like some stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's an all blacked out Taurus and this dude, and he pulls up next to us and he, you know, he's just smoking a cigarette. We're smoking a blunt or whatever. And all of a sudden he starts playing ice cubes super loud. Now, my, mind you, I turn and I look at who's in the car. And if I didn't know any better, <laughs> I would have thought this dude was like a white supremacist, like neo-Nazi type dude. He had Damn. like one of those biker hats. You know, I don't know how to explain it. The, the really short build biker caps. He had like a really big bandana. He had uh, like a really big chain wallet, uh, cut off black sleeves, uh, these really crazy shades and this really huge beard just like down to here. The skinny white guy. Yeah. And he's playing Ice Cube. And I was like, all right, all right this is cool. I was like, hey, man, you want to come hit this? And he's like, hell yeah, man. <laughs> That's dope. <laughs> and so he gets out and we literally just start talking. And I'm like, and he's like, yeah, man, looks aren't what they appear, man. Like, I, I love to talk to all different types of people. And I was like, that was a complete stranger that, mind you, yes, in hindsight, maybe during a pandemic, I shouldn't have shared a blunt with a stranger. But right. <laughs> but it was a really cool human experience. And I was like, that was really eye-opening for me. I was like, people outside of Minnesota, what I the to put it all in conclusion, what I learned is basically anywhere outside of Minnesota, people are willing to have a conversation with you. And it's not the fact that people move to LA or Atlanta or Florida or wherever they move. It's not the fact that they're in a location. It's the fact that the people there are willing to have a conversation that leads to, oh, hey, I do this. And oh, hey, I do that. I know you being from California, I know that for a fact that you know that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> I, I talked to a friend of mine the other day about this Um as much as like I love Minnesota and I fuck with Minnesota, I I moved here when I was in third grade, and I, I you know I come from a very um, Mexican area, very uh, low income area in California, yeah. and you know I moved to a suburban, uh, you know semi rich, well pretty rich area, and I stuck out like a sore thumb. <laughs> Like the second I remember the second I walked into class, people just eyeing me just yeah. like <laughs> like mean mugging. And I never quite caught up. 
like and, and I, all that time and like I, I ended up like you know switch, switching schools like a year or two later and then going to middle school then going to high school then switching schools again so I, I just I never made a group of friends really yeah. until like when I was a super senior basically but Minnesota is very it's very clicky in every sense of the word you know the yeah. the rich kids hang out with the rich kids these these dudes hang out with these dudes and it's 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 like that into adulthood too oh yeah but something i have noticed lately especially with doing this i do have a feeling that after covid and everything you know whatever the new normal ends up being i do have a feeling that a lot of things will change for the better i I do (laughs) i do have a feeling that people are itching for that community because we haven't been able to really have it you know I and I I even noticed with this, I mean, so many people were willing to to take time out of their day to to do this with me. And I feel like before this year that wouldn't have happened, you know? Because everybody would be so busy. Yeah, everybody would fair. would be, you know, doing this and that Fair's and thing. whatever. So I you know, and I've been telling everybody this as well. I think it kind of gave everybody time to kind of take a look around and yeah see you know who's out there who's doing what who's doing this who's doing that i don't know i mean i could be completely wrong in that assessment but what yeah what are your thoughts in that regard like what do you see after this year for yourself and for the whole scene i mean well i'm gonna tell you yeah i'll tell you this a lot of people aren't up on game yet but uh there are two companies that you should be looking out for uh and by looking out for i just mean like keep an eye on you can take it negatively or positively but just be aware that this is happening um Live Nation and iHeartMedia. Yep. Uh, essentially, what's going on, and you're probably aware, of, uh, especially with 95.3 going away, um, they took this opportunity while venues are at their weakest point to come in and buy them at their lowest possible prices. Yeah, I heard that. The reason that they're doing that essentially is that the minute that uh, that COVID is over, um, the more venues that they have in their corner in a city essentially they they just corner the market it's essentially like as, as fucked up as it is to say it's essentially like yo do you want to go see miles graves tonight or you want to go see jay-z yep you know it's like i'm not even gonna argue i'm probably gonna miss my own damn show i'm go right. see jay-z you know what i mean like it, it's the simple fact of like just the selection of top tier artists that they're gonna just kind of have in a circuit through all metro cities just to keep making them money that's that's kind of their goal with that same with iHeartMedia, like they already know that if they just pump a little bit of residual income into a hip hop station here, they can corner the market because there is no hip hop station. There's a little bit of a demand for one and you can kind of meet that, but not enough of a demand for one standalone. Those that's, that's one big thing to look out for. Um, and I guess as far as that goes, what that means is that if you're trying to book a show, if you're an artist, if you're a local artist and you're trying to book your own show or you're trying to even open for somebody, expect to see a hell of a lot more pay to play and a hell of a lot more like sell tickets and, and you know, anything else or just straight up flat nose. Like they'll just straight up say, Oh, we have openers on these tours and like, Oh, we don't need any openers, whatever. So trying to get a show is going to be, I'm not going to say next to impossible because that's, that's speaking pessimistically, but it's going to require some creativity or some, you're going to have to have some clout already and know people that are already working with live nation or working with those big companies um, to get your foot in the door. Now, me personally, I'm trying to transition away, or at least the people I talk to, I tell them transition away from that aspect of things. Um, you know, one of the people that I've mentioned 
since basically the founding of this company up until today, and I still talk about them, uh, that has continued to make money and continue to grow, even during COVID, is Derek Branch. Go check out his stuff. Like, even recently, I mean, I think he switched to some other platform. I'm not sure what it is, but like, he's just getting paid. He's, do, he's doing what he's, he's been doing. It's like, life is like not even interrupted for him. And that's what I, that's what I'm hoping every artist gets to where like, you know, when they tell you that successful people have seven streams of income, like, oh, okay, well, concerts are gone. You know, instead of looking like the game and Jadakiss and all these people going like, oh, I'm going to get you on this mixtape. Yep. You can actually be like, oh, I have other business ventures that are like handling this for me so that, or my music's making money from this, that, or the third so that I'm not struggling or looking desperate because everybody's going to remember all these people and what they were doing when the pandemic hit. Yep. Exactly. I, I sure am. I'm, I'm looking at the game and Jadakiss a whole different way now since that. Like they were, they still are two of my favorite rappers. Don't get me wrong. Their skill is like amazing. But that was like a whole thing for me because I like, I know what those things are. You know, you know what those things are. Yep. And people go for the bait and it's yep. crazy. So anyway. Yeah, I think I think it's it's interesting because I think a lot of people that are still holding on to the old ways and, and I think that those people are going to be in for a rude awakening after this because the because all the old ways are going to be kind of i don't I'm gone or different you know the, the, there's an inevitable change that is going to take place and is taking place after this and we don't, still don't know exactly what it is but i think people who are aren't creative and innovative and you know open to different revenue streams and open to different you know possibilities are just going to be hurting you know wasn't it this year, like the beginning of this year, we were trying to book that show? Yeah. Yep, sure was. You know, that then we were shooting for like April or June, and then it just like, we just stopped talking about it because it was just impossible. Shut down. Yep. Give me the the rundown once again Scenarios. of what you think 2021 <laughs> is, and or 2022, whatever, whenever we get out of this. What do you think that's going to be? So I'm going to say this. I think that Number one, for those who aren't transitioning or aren't trying to find some new way to adapt, like you mentioned, um, that's pretty much going to be it for them. Like they'll continue going off of the old ways. Um, the costs of being an artist will eventually bleed them dry. And you're going to kind of see eventually a drought of artists, especially being that with the updates to the algorithms on like Facebook and Instagram with music and the music policies. Like now Twitch, they're trying to do uh, copyright violations or felonies now. So that means every rapper who's ripped a YouTube beat. Oh, uh, wow. Yep. Every rapper who's ripped a YouTube beat, people on Twitch, uh, all that type of crazy stuff. They're going to be cracking down. If that passes. Granted, that's only a, it's a proposal right now. So I can't Felonies? Yep. For DCMAs. Oh, my God. They're, uh, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're literally, literally going to crack down harder than a motherfucker on everyone. And that's what I'm saying. I told people not to rip stuff off YouTube for years. I didn't know this was ever coming down the pipeline, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. but uh, yeah, like people are going to have to adapt. And I think what's going to happen is people are going to have to group together. Um, I think if, if people are not already set up with some sort of infrastructure, foundational income that is not from music right now, um, the best bet people are going to have is to group together. It's about putting egos aside and about pride and putting your resources together um, and making something happen. As an example, um, one of the things that's going to be crucial, and if anybody has, especially if you've been getting unemployment, you got you know the stimulus checks and all the extra bonus money, and you've been stacking that. The smartest thing you can do with that is get ready to buy a venue. The minute that this, like like literally the beginning of January, 
buy that venue because they're already talking about vaccines, they're already talking about all this other stuff. And like, whether or not people take them, stuff's going to open back up because people feel safe, go back open again. Yeah. So as far as the independent artists, the first person to purchase their own venue, though, is going to be solid. Yeah. And it can't be the, the issue everybody has is, like you said, it's clicky. It's about what I want. It's about what what my music preferences are. No, the reason First Avenue works is because they play everything. Yep. The reason that some of these venues work is because they play everything. It's not because they're exclusively a hip-hop venue or a rock venue or EDM venue or whatever. You know, That's why those venues are relatively stagnant. So all in all, um, pooling resources together and getting ready to set up something. Like, I'm not saying to create a record label. I'm not saying to do anything anybody doesn't want to do. But pooling your resources together to create some sort of impression, whether you are individuals as part of some larger thing or all individuals as part of a network that's just working together to make sure it's all working for the greater good, you know, that's what's going to work. For those who aren't necessarily live performers or people who are trying to get, like, the money off the internet, uh, off of streams, off of YouTube, off of all that type of stuff, um, direct-to-fan content, I cannot stress that enough. Essentially what it is is if you have a 1,000 people willing to buy, uh, stream, download, visit, wear, whatever, uh, every time you release it, that gives you enough money uh, to be able to afford not only your music career, but ideally also your your bills, your day-to-day expenses. Yeah. So, um, like what people like like Wiseman and other resources are doing right now, like Patreon, or some people are setting up their own direct membership platforms on their own website, which is what I highly, strongly recommend the most because you can want to create a home base. But like for a couple of Starbucks a month, you're getting access to uh, offer them something like 25% off all your merch. Uh, exclusive, I'm going to sing you happy birthday on your birthday. I'm going to send you a handwritten thank you card. You're going to get entered into a raffle for a private performance. Every one of the stems for every one of the songs I've made is available for you to remix with a publishing agreement right already there so you don't need any approval from me. You can just do it. Like, all the all these types of bonuses. And of course, obviously, the behind the scenes, like those genius lyric videos. Yeah. Um, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Whatever value you can offer them to get them to come to you directly and get off of those bullshit platforms like social media, like that's what you want to do because it's not about the quantity in that case. I mean, yes, it is to a certain degree, but it's about the quality of the fan. Like what you were saying earlier about when people liked your page or people liked your page off an ad or just in general, you reach out to them and you have an individual conversation with them. Yep. If you can do that with a thousand people, who are willing, like, if, especially in your case, like, people are willing to pay for a sample pack. Yeah, you know? for real. I, I, I think people really, really undervalue and underestimate uh, the importance of human connection and the importance yes. of of making your fans and your supporters feel like they are important because they are. They're the ones that are keeping you afloat. They are yes. the reason why you are doing what you're doing. I mean, yeah, you make your art and all that stuff for yourself, but at the same time you're not the one that's going to be consuming it. It's other people. So you need to make those people feel and know that they are valued and appreciated. It's super important. And, and I actually, um, I'm glad you said that because uh, kind of a break off of that too is I really believe people are super undervaluing the value of themselves and their content. Do you think I should do this as a Patreon? I mean, not to ask you that question while we're on um, this <laughs> podcast, but since I haven't even launched it yet, I still don't. I'm not really fully sure how I'm going to promote it yet. Um, what do you think about me doing something like that? Well, if you want to know the truth, what I think, 
I think you should do this. I think you should have this podcast on your website. That should be that should be the home base. You should set up a membership platform, not through Patreon, but through your own website. This podcast and your sample packs and anything else content-wise should be here. Um, and then people who subscribe, you should have specific special guests that you have to have exclusive uh, access to or member access to to hear these certain podcasts. So even if it costs you money to have that person on there, you're going you're gonna to make that money back. So if you're like, uh, especially again, during the pandemic is a perfect time because you can be like, hey, uh, so-and-so who's normally, you know, a few thousand dollars, I got, I got 750 for you. Can we make like a half hour conversation work? And you can spit, you know, spit some game for my people that watch my podcast that maybe want to hear from you. Um, and you can plug whatever it is you want to plug. Um, and then boom, say it's like, you know, outside of this world, but we'll say Charlemagne, you know, something like Charlemagne is like, I'm joining the podcast now. Okay. You want to see the Charlemagne episode, you got to be subscribed, but it's valuable content. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe he did this. That's valuable enough for me to want to check it out. Hell yeah. That is, yeah, that's definitely a fantastic idea because eventually I do, you know, if it gets big enough, I do want to take it to that level. I do want to talk to bigger names like that. And yeah. having that, you know, different tier of content um, would be a would be a fantastic thing. Hell yeah. That's a dope I mean, idea. also <clears throat> the fact that, I mean, I'm sure you're already doing this or to some extent, but uh, like as you're making samples, like, you know, the thing is, I haven't seen too many things regarding how to make a sample pack. Like, yeah. you know, a lot of people try to get into it and I bet you had to do at least some, some sort of Googling to figure out how you wanted to set up the platform, how you wanted to set up that. And then, you know, that's something that people are interested in. You can even offer that as part of, you know, the value that you're offering. You know, I'm going to teach you how to take this, your creative sounds, bundle them up, package them nicely. Cause I know you're all about organization that I do know about you. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a great idea. And I definitely, definitely want to do that for sure i'm always down to help out man appreciate that man <laughs> hell yeah um so what uh what are you currently uh what's your what's your biggest project right now that you're working on or what's your your biggest uh uh goal you know that's a tough question because i'm not gonna lie to you i i spread myself thin not thin but pretty pretty thin <laughs> amongst many different things yeah. um as an example, um, I'm getting into some food businesses now, um, setting up some food-based businesses now that I should be launching hopefully in the next couple of weeks um, as like another source of income so that I can help fund more musical related things, um, you know, type of thing. Um, so a lot of side hustles, but I guess to give you some important bullet points, like uh, adding songs to my catalog, um, you know, you know, we've talked about the catalog project mindset uh, yeah. conversation. So like I've been, slowly but surely putting stuff in my catalog that I'm pretty happy with. Um, so whenever that comes out, it'll come out. I'm not going to tease anybody and say like, oh, it's coming out next year. Right. But <laughs> uh, when it's right, it's right. Um, uh, listener list, like I mentioned, which is that that website. Um, I'm just kind of rounding the corner of just about getting all the rest of the states finished up so it can be all 50 states. Um, and then getting all the subscription plans and making sure it's streamlined and working well. I've got somebody working on actually make, developing a map um, of it so that it's actually an interactive map version where you can click on it, things like that, and actually oh. see it visually, which is hopefully going to give people more comfortability using it. Um, and then uh, with regards to the Miles Graves company, um, I'm kind of working in various different things. I'm doing social media marketing with some people. Um, I'm doing some, and again, you know, 
I, I very much insist to tell people that social media is what it is, but you know, I give people whatever they ask me to give them. So yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, but social media marketing, uh, I've been doing a lot of recording, a lot of mixing and mastering, um, really a lot of just like consults. Like it, it's weird. It's a, I've had like a barrage of people kind of hit me randomly that I've never met before. They're just like, Hey, I just want to ask you a bunch of questions. And like, they didn't necessarily like go, Oh, I'm looking for marketing advice or branding just kind of all over. Um, so I just been doing kind of a lot of general artist consultations, um, and that aspect of things. Um, Oh, and then I guess I'm, I'm looking, uh, I'll let the cat out of the bag, but, uh, I'm looking to figure out what state I want to move to, uh, pretty soon here. I've been having my eyes on a couple of things, but I think I might want to get into uh, the cannabis business possibly. Nice. That's dope. I've thought about that as well, man. I would would love to (laughs) to grow. I mean, that would be be so dope. I mean, anybody that can get into that right now, I mean, now is the time, man, for sure. Oh, yeah. That's pretty attractive because, I mean, man, you save up a little bit of money, you get an acre of land, and even if you're renting while you're growing, like, all it takes is 60 days for that stuff to turn around, and you'd be like, oh, my God, that's crazy. For real. And then that'll fund, that funds any musical ambitions you might have. You want to get a new yep. piece of gear, you know, just wait two months and you're good. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, man. So I've been interested in that. I'm doing more research on that, but, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll see how that goes. But, like, my business is... I have different businesses that really don't matter where I am. So like, yeah, uh, internet based, like I'm just trying to go where the cost of living is cheap. Um, and hopefully where that's legal, um, both for the business and for recreational reasons, of course. But, uh, you know, that, that's really the only criteria. And aside from being out of like the passive aggressive bubble, that is like Minnesota and Western Wisconsin. Yeah, for real. I, I mean, I think that's, I think that's <laughs> great, man. I, I think that, uh, as much as I love Minnesota, I think getting out of here sometimes is is very attractive and <laughs> is, like, a yes. good idea. Um, I mean, my dream is always, like, I'm going to end up back in Cali eventually. Totally. Uh, so, I mean, just because it's, it's my my first home, it's my, like, heart. So, um, but but I'm trying to set up something where I can I can literally be anywhere, like you said. Well, I can tell you this about, about that aspect of things. A lot of people kind of have it backwards about how to do that or how to achieve that kind of residual income because I've, I've realized something. There's there's no loan required for anything. There's no degree required for anything. It's simply just the fact of can you do it in the right order and can you be disciplined? Yep. Because, um, and I'm sure you probably know this, but all it takes is a product-based business. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to make anything new or revolutionary. It literally just has to be in the right place at the right time. Yep. As an example, you know, where the, the Wells Fargo buildings are in front of the U.S. Bank Stadium. Oh, yeah. I used to work in one of those buildings. I can tell you, you can't get a decent donut for the life of you within six blocks of that building. But if I were to pull up with even just a stand, like a cart, and I'm like, hey, I got donuts. Maybe I didn't even make them. I just resold them. And I was just in front of that building right from, you know, a couple hours, wee hours of the morning until like maybe 10 a.m., I guarantee you I'm going to double or triple whatever I spent on those donuts because I was in the right place at the right time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And w- once you can get the ball rolling on that, you just hire somebody else to run that. You hire somebody who's, like, especially if it's like a food thing, something that doesn't require any licensing or special certifications. You hire like a teenager. They're happy to get something a little bit above minimum wage. They're super stoked on that. And meanwhile, you're just at home and you're just checking in with them. Like, hey, how's it going? Oh, everything's good here. Okay, cool. See you later to get the cash box. Like, yep. and then, you, you know, you branch out more and more and more and more. And 
if you can do that, you can snowball affect yourself up to having, you know, like I said, those seven streams of income, different things like that. And that's kind of where my focus has been. Like I'm, I'm making music. I'm still very much involved in the music community, but instead of investing all that time in social media and all that other, you know, BS, I'm trying to shift my focus and trying to make more foundational incomes uh, for myself and for like a lot of my friends. A lot of my friends come to my house regularly and they're like, man, Miles, I just want to quit my job, man. Like musicians and non-musicians. They're just like, man, I hate this shit, man. I want to quit my job. I'm so miserable. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, hey, whenever you're ready to take the leap of faith, I'll tell you what's up. Yep. And if you're, you know, if people are ready that you can, you can do it. Anyone can do it. Facts. Like, I love the hustle you're doing right now. Like, you're selling sample packs. That's a product. My hustle's been interesting, dude. I mean, I have changed directions and so many times, and I've been working at it. I mean, I hope that nobody from the group home listens to this because the <laughs> what I what I say on this, I've been working at a group home for the last eight years, but at the same time, I get to work on all of this while I'm there. So... Yeah. I, you know, I go to work, like now I work six days a week, but I go to work, open up my laptop and I'm working on all of this sample packs, like Beautiful. the podcast stuff, everything. So, um, as much as like, I hate my job, uh, at the same time, like it's changed in the aspect that like, I love it because it's, it's given me freedom to do all this stuff while I'm still, you know, it works for you. Yeah, man. I, I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you, man. And thank you. You're, Likewise, man. <laughs> you're, you're one of the greatest dudes I've met in this scene and I appreciate every single conversation that I've ever had with you and all the knowledge that you've always given me, even though you're like 10 years younger than me or something, you <laughs> just, you've always been this like wise old soul to me and <laughs> I appreciate love, man. you, man. I, I appreciate you, man. This was cool. I think you gave everybody a little bit too much free game. So I'm going to <laughs> tell everybody to, Hire Miles Graves for all of your, you know, musical consultation, production, engineering needs. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. I appreciate that, fam. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Have a great night. Yeah, you too, boss. Peace.